We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're looking ahead to the NFL playoffs on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, Senior Fantasy Analyst at Rotoviz. That came out kind of odd, but anyway, I am joined tonight by Matthew Friedman, the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network. This podcast is brought to you by my bookie and Roman. Matt, there was a tremendous amount of action yesterday. Uh, pretty exciting. What do you think? Yeah, uh, it was pretty fun. A lot of, I mean, the unfortunate thing was that there were a lot of injuries uh, during the games. I feel like more right. than we normally have most weeks. And then also uh, Le'Veon Bell wasn't able to play. But uh, yeah, out of the games we saw, um, pretty good action. I thought the uh, the, the Chiefs-Patriots game was exciting. Um, too bad that there were a lot of uh, issues with the referees. But then, of course, the, the big game was the, uh, I believe it was a 94-point uh, just explosion at the super the Superdome between the Saints and the 49ers, which was an awesome game. Uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff this weekend. Yeah, there there really was. I was actually at the uh, Patriots game as well, so saw that one live, which was an interesting experience. Uh, despite the loss, still had had a really good time. Uh, just a quick reminder to everybody out there that you can get a 10% off subscription to RotoViz. Right now, when you head to the Rotoviz podcast homepage, uh, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast, the season is winding down, but that just means that we are getting closer to more coverage, getting you ready for next season, which unfortunately for some of us and some of those teams that we have, that is the position that we are in now. With that in mind, Matt and I kind of wanted to take this episode and look at more of an NFL or look look at things through more of an NFL specific lens talking some about the different divisions how things might shake out who's going to be uh heading deep into the playoffs eventually getting to the Super Bowl and maybe along the way we'll talk about some players uh real high level before we start Matt the team that is in contention and looks like they could go to the Super Bowl that you least expected heading into the season who is that team yeah uh, that's a, a good question. So like, I don't think the Tennessee Titans are actually like real. Like I, so maybe someone would think that they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and I don't know, maybe yep. they realistically do, but I, I kind of don't think they do. So I don't know if that counts as my answer. 
Um, I think that does. I think that counts. I think more or less what I was looking for was kind of one of those teams that has been surprisingly successful. And I think when you look at Tennessee sitting at eight and five, I the well, Bills actually it's it's got to be the Bills. I, the Bills, the yeah, Bills actually, yeah, yeah, I think that is more impressive. Um, especially when you consider the fact too that at this point they still are. Uh, sorry about the dog barking, vying with New England for uh the AFC East. Yeah. Which would really be something if we see the Bills knock the Patriots out of that. And it, the two meet um, in, I want to say, uh, I think it's it's two games week from 16. now. So that's going to yeah. be re- in week 16. Yeah. So that's going to be really, really important. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the, like the Bills could still legitimately win the division. It could happen. Yeah, so just in case anybody is not aware, we have the Patriots sitting at 10 and 3, Buffalo at 9 and 4. The Jets are all the way back at 5 and 8, then you have the Dolphins at uh 3 and 10. If we look at some futures here, Matt, uh the Patriots their odds are negative 1200, Buffalo is at plus 600. Given the fact that the Patriots have the better record right now, Shouldn't it be a surprise that the Patriots are favored? Does that line or do those odds kind of surprise you? Uh, I mean, not really. The the Patriots from here on out uh, have a a pretty manageable schedule. They have the Bengals in week 15, the Dolphins in week 17. You have to assume that those are both victories or they're likely to be victories. Uh, so the only game they really have coming up is uh, week 16 against the Bills where it looks like, um, you know, that could be more of a, a contest. Um, but that is in New England. You know, they will be favored. Um, so, you know, it's it's not a surprise. Um, I'm trying to think through the 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 different possibilities here um, of how yep. this could play out. So let's say the um, let's say the Patriots win two of those three. They lose to the Bills. Uh, is it possible for the Bills at that point if they are tied to be the uh, AFC East champions? I don't think it is. Um, so the Patriots have to win. Sorry, the Patriots have to lose two games and the Bills have to win out if the Bills are going to be uh, the AFC East champions. I just I don't think that is particularly likely, especially given that the Bills uh, this week are playing the Steelers. And that will be, you know, like, I don't know, like that will be a tougher matchup. Like the Steelers are just they're overperforming right now. You know, they're they're playing tight. So, um yeah, I think the the Patriots are the way to go, but I I mean, I think there's I I would probably just stay away from that to be honest. Like I'm not going to bet minus 1200 on the Patriots to uh to win, but plus 600 that yep. might there might not be enough value there for the Bills. Sure. Now, we have talked I've probably mentioned before about uh how it's dangerous to kind of use the transitive property uh in the confines of athletics. But we see the Patriots lose to the Texans in a game that I felt like the Texans pretty much had in control the overwhelming majority of that game. We then see the Texans get absolutely spanked around by the Drew Locke-led Broncos. Is there more that we should be reading into this? Do you think that is a significant indictment on this Patriots team, which has now lost two in a row, something we do not see from New England very frequently? No, I don't think that's an indictment on the Patriots. I mean, they lost to, I, th- I think it's more of an indictment to uh, like on the Texans uh, and their week to week inconsistency, but the Patriots lost to two good teams. Like the Texans are still a good team and the chiefs are a good team. Like both of those teams will likely be in the playoffs. Um, so I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything that's disastrous about losing to either one of them. Obviously it'd be better if the Patriots had won, but, um, I mean, it's, it's not that big of a deal to lose to two good opponents. Right. The other question that I'll pose here is that game yesterday, the Patriots very realistically could have won, um, I'm not saying that I think that they should have. I think even if some of those things had gone differently in terms of the officiating goes, I'm not sure that New England would have won. I think, though, you do have to be somewhat encouraged that perhaps if the Patriots can put together a little bit more of a competent offense, they would be able to 
compete with the likes of a Buffalo for sure or a Baltimore or a Kansas City come playoff time. However, though, on the flip side of that, I did feel like in that game, the Chiefs managed to get out with a win playing the absolute worst that they could have. Was that kind of the perception that you left that game with? That's interesting. I mean, I felt the Chiefs played well in the first half and not as well in the second half. Um, so it's yep. kind of, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt the Chiefs were the better team throughout. Yep. Um, and right. but yeah, as you mentioned, they didn't play their best. But I think that I wouldn't say that they played their worst either. Like, I thought it was just kind okay. of in the in the middle of where they were. That's fair. See, I think um, it kind of felt to me like it was almost a worst case scenario just in the turnovers that they had and the way that some things went. Of course, it's very hard for me to uh, analyze that game objectively. Before we move off of the Patriots and the AFC East, any closing thoughts on the division? Yeah, I mean, I think it... I mean, the likeliest outcome is always still going to be, oh, the Patriots uh, get a first round bye. You know, that's, I think, what mm-hmm. is likely to happen. Um, I expect that they will, you know, win their next three games. If they if they lose one of these next three, like, I, I think they have significant problems, um, especially if that game is against the Bills. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So if we look to the AFC um, North we see that uh, you have Baltimore, you know, wildly out in head. So I don't believe that Pittsburgh can actually uh, catch Baltimore uh, at this point in time. So let, let's continue down. Let's talk about the AFC South where we have the Texans, the Titans, and the Colts in the mix to potentially get a playoff spot. Houston sits at 8-5 and five, along with uh, Tennessee at 8-5. and five. Colts are behind at 6-7. and seven. Out of Houston and, te- and Tennessee... I'm surmising that you believe Tennessee is the stronger team. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm Wait, did I say did I say that Tennessee is the stronger team? I'm assuming you believe that Houston is the stronger team. I may have misspoke. Yeah, I'm uh I kind of go back and forth on it. Um so if we look at point differential, uh the the Titans are plus 63, the Texans are only plus 8. Um you know, the Texans their offense is just different whenever um Will Fuller is out now. Granted, the Titans' secondary right now is pretty decimated. They're down their three top perimeter corners, so like it can it can kind of go back and forth. But uh, I don't know. Like I, I I guess the big thing is I don't know what to make of Ryan Tannehill. Like I I kind <laughs> of yeah I'm sort of dumbfounded. Um, if we're just seeing him on a really hot streak, uh, or maybe if it's like he's never had weapons like this before. Um, maybe he's never had an offensive coordinator this good. And it's not as if I really think that highly of Arthur Smith or really know all that much about him, but at least like Ryan Tannehill is not in an offense that's overseen by Adam Gase. Um, so maybe what we are seeing out of Tannehill is like an, an actual accurate representation of, of who he is. But, you know, with Tannehill, this offense has been, totally remade like it is it is I believe the most efficient offense in the league in his seven games as a starter which is that I mean that is really hard to believe but um that that is what it is so uh the Titans against the Texans I mean this division is going to be decided in two of the next three games they play each other in week 15 and in week 17 um right now uh, in the betting market, you can get Titans at plus 135. I mean, this feels somewhat like a coin flip. And I like I kind of hate to say that, but that is sort of what it feels like. I think there's actually value on the Titans at plus 135. There certainly can be a case made for that. And kind of to some of the things that you said about Tannehill, I, I do think that... Um, the talent around him is certainly helping. And there, there might be more talent in that uh, offense than we realize, especially when we're starting to see what um, A.J. Brown has so been good. able to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, how good do you think he is? The the guy I compared him to, and this is sort of like sacrilegious, but like Andre Johnson. Like that is, that's the body type. That's what he is. Like a big guy who was productive in college uh, and is still actually pretty athletic for his size. You know, like that's I mean, I think he's Andre Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I still 
go back to that profile that I saw for him coming to school. I had him number one overall ahead of DK Metcalf, who, and just a reminder, if you look at their college career, and I know that DK Metcalf did have stretches where he was, you know, dealing with some injuries and whatnot, you can make a very strong case that A.J. Brown outplayed D.K. Metcalf, and I think we're seeing those things translate. He clearly, Metcalf, he clearly outplayed Metcalf. So, like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to me, it uh, is just all that more encouraging, especially now when we see both of them having NFL success, that this guy really could be the real deal. Uh, just a reminder, in case anybody is not aware, in the game yesterday, uh, five receptions on seven targets for 153 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Uh, that's his second two receiving touchdown performance of the year. The thing that I like here, too, is we also saw him succeeding to some degree when Mariota was in the offense as well. So I think you look at this Titans team now, a very imposing, physically gifted receiver. You have Derrick Henry at running back as well. Um and under the right circumstances, I think this team can probably play with any team out there, not necessarily win, but uh, they could be a kind of sneaky threat in the playoffs. I mean, here's, like, let's just kind of break this down by looking at the, the different components on each side of the ball. Um, the, the Texans are bad pretty much all over, like on, on defense. <laughs> you know, like they, yes. uh, they have a secondary that is very porous, and they also are not that good against the run. Um, so I don't know what there is really to like about them. At least Tennessee is pretty strong against the run. Like in, in DVOA, they're number four against the run. Now on uh, their pass defense, they're number 24, right? They they also are not good, but like I wouldn't say that they are significantly worse than the Texans in pass defense. Like they are both roughly in the same tier of uh, hordeness. But um, so it comes down to like what what offense can exploit the the opposing defense in the matchups that they have, and I think like as well as Tannehill is playing, the Titans can get get it done on the ground and through the air, but the Texans can do it only in the air. And if Will Fuller is out, that really limits what they can do on offense. So I don't know. Again, like. I can't believe I'm saying I think the Titans are actually going to win the AFC South, but at plus 135 odds, I think that's really good. Yeah, that certainly is. And then, I mean, this is a pretty simplistic stat to look at here, but if you just look at the points allowed for Houston, which is at 309, there is no other team anywhere near in the playoff conversation that even comes close to that. I think the highest total is probably, um, let's see... I think it's Pittsburgh at 242 or, or Tennessee actually at 255. So, I mean, that's a pretty stark contrast. Yeah. And I think you could even probably break this out further by looking at when JJ Watt was injured. Uh, and granted, like mm. he might return for the playoffs, but you know, like that's, that's a ways away. Um, I'm looking at this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not great. Like against quality opponents, um, they've allowed quite a few points, like 41 points to the Ravens, 38 to the Broncos, and the Broncos really aren't even all that good. Only 22 to the Patriots, but like the Patriots' offense is in shambles. I don't know. I I I do think the Texans are pretty exploitable. I I kind of have to feel like my mind and like my gut are still saying no. Like you need to go Houston, but I'm not sure if that's true. And especially when you look at those odds, Houston at minus 170, Tennessee at 135. If I were a betting individual, which I may or may not be, I'd probably be more inclined to lead towards the sides of the Titans. Um, the other teams in that division, uh, I don't know if I mentioned you have the Colts at six and seven, Jaguars at four and nine. Fairly disappointing um, season for the Jaguars. I think given that it looked like with Nick Foles coming in and some of the momentum they had from other years, things could have gone differently. Uh, and then the Colts, I, I still think overall it's been a fairly good season when you consider the Andrew Luck retirement right before the season, T.Y. Hilton struggling to stay healthy. Uh, overall, a decent season for them. Um, but before we look at the rest of the divisions, I want to take a quick second to share a word from our sponsors. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work. Sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. 
uh, I am a Cincinnati Bengal. We went uh, with just like one win. I just, I don't have that anymore. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medicine, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Continuing along in the AFC, uh, Kansas City has the West lockdown. You have Oakland sitting at 6-7. and seven. I am actually not sure if they mathematically could work their way in. But... The favorite to win uh, the AFC um, championship, the Baltimore Ravens, led by Lamar Jackson, who gets more and more impressive each week. Their odds are at negative 105. New England still sits behind them at 230, which is a little bit surprising. You have the Chiefs at 350, then a big jump to the Texans at plus 2,000. Then you have the Bills at plus 2,200 and the Titans at 2,200 before the Steelers at 4,500. So when you look at those numbers, it looks like uh, there is a fair amount of parity between the perceptions of the Texans and the Titans. Are you surprised to see New England ahead of Kansas City? No, because the the big difference is that the Chiefs are likely to have to play in the first round. Uh, And so if the Patriots get a bye, um, it makes sense. I mean, the the two teams that have a bye have to have the highest odds. You know, they just they have to win one less game. So it it makes sense. And honestly, um, I don't mind the Patriots at plus 230, you know, because if you if you think that they are one of the best, let's say two or three teams in the AFC. And I do, um, you know, I still think that they are, they're in a tier with the chiefs. And I think they and the chiefs are like a half tier underneath the Ravens, but I do think that they are above the Texans and the bills and the Titans. If you think that the Patriots are going to have to beat, you know, who, who do you think that they are likely to play? Like, if they're the number two seed, like they're probably going to have to beat the chiefs or the Texans. Like, right. I think that's, I think that's possible. And then they'd have to beat the Ravens. Like, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, I think that from the perspective of new England, it's a hard road. I, I personally like the chiefs chances of getting there uh, more than new England's. And that is even in that assumption, baking in the fact that uh, the Chiefs might not get the bye in the first round. That's just based upon my perception of me thinking that the Chiefs are a little bit better of a team. I do think that if they met New England again, they they come away victorious. And I would actually also say, perhaps this is wrong, but in my mind, if I picture the Chiefs playing the Ravens 10 times, I think the Chiefs win more than 50%. I don't know if it gets to 60% to pick to secure that whole like uh six wins, but I think that I kind of favor the Chiefs. Here's I guess here's a question. Um I mean, yep. I think it is uh really aggressive to have any team um with odds that would indicate that they have a greater than 50% chance of winning uh, a conference and and that's what we have right now with the Ravens at minus 105. But how yeah how good do you think their defense is? Because like I've thought ever since they traded for Marcus Peters and then got Jimmy Smith back that with the three cornerbacks that they have, um, they are just as good as any other elite defense in the league. And maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but um, I don't know. Like I think that they are, and let me kind of put some, put some more of this into context like their secondary is 
uh, I think, really good. But their run defense is where they are exploitable. So it's not as if they, they can't be beaten. And I think, like, although normally it makes sense for teams to pass the ball, uh, I think you actually probably would want to attack the Ravens on the ground. Yesterday, the uh, the Bills got, so we're recording this on Monday, uh, in week yep. 14, the Bills had more yards on a per carry basis than they had on a per drop back basis. And part of that is Josh Allen and him doing Josh Allen-y type of things. But part of that is also that the Ravens can be run on. Like they they are very exploitable in the running game. So I don't want to say that they have uh, like an incredibly elite defense, but I do think what matters most is being able to stop the opposing passing game. And the Ravens have a really good pass defense with the three cornerbacks that they have. But um, since they've had their trio of cornerbacks, they've uh, held opponents to, I'm just going through the order, the Patriots to 20 points. And then after that, 13 points, 7 points, 6 points, 17, and 17. They haven't allowed any team to score more than 20 points against them with this new defense that they have. And on average, they're allowing like, I don't know, like uh, just ballparking the math, like 13 and a half points per game. Like they are, they are really dominant. And like it makes this number of minus 105 makes sense if you believe what you've seen out of their defense in the past six weeks. Yeah. I mean, the defense has been superb and as you mentioned in terms of rushing, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting if you look at um, yards per attempt allowed by the defense, they're, they're allowing four and a half yards per attempt, which isn't really that stellar. But one thing here is with how good the offense has been they force teams to need to pass. And as you mentioned, that secondary is really, really strong. So that weakness that they do have, teams might not be able to attack as much as they would like. Um, so overall, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can definitely make a strong case that the Ravens might have the the best defense in the AFC. You could probably put it up there with any defense in the league. Those odds really are ridiculous, though, as you mentioned. I mean, that is just a testament to how good the Ravens have been this year. And it does not seem like a fluke. Um, although I, I will say this, though, it did look like the Bills were starting, did some things that perhaps another team, perhaps it's the Patriots, could kind of pick up on because the Bills did keep them fairly in check compared to some of the performances we've seen over the season. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the Bills have, they have a, a defense that's similar to the one that the Ravens have. They're strong in pass defense, not as good in run defense, and that's similar to the Patriots. Strong in pass defense, more exploitable in run defense. I But I think if the Bills were able to play the Ravens so tight, the Patriots could do that in a postseason game and they could win. You know, like I like I yep. think that's possible because the Patriots, I think they would probably just say that they're going to run the ball. They're going to do it as relentlessly as they can. Um, I know that they haven't looked all that good in either phase of their offense, like running or passing, but I don't know. I mean, I would leave it to Belichick and McDaniels to be able to create a game plan where they can exploit a team's weakness in one game. So I don't know. The Patriots at plus 230. If I had to bet on any of these, I would probably do that just because I do think they're going to get a, they're going to get a first round buy, which means that in round two, they're going to be playing at home. They will be favored, and then all they have to do is win one game against the Ravens, and I think they have the type of team that can do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna agree. I'm not gonna disagree with you there. Um, I definitely, uh, just from a fan's perspective, you know, kind of not exactly sure how confident I should be, but yeah, I mean, the, the Patriots could certainly play with the Ravens. Another stat that I want to throw out here, which I'm sure most people are aware of given that uh, Lamar Jackson threw an interception for the first time in a long time. Uh, 28 touchdowns thrown to just six picks. So he's been doing a really solid job of, in addition to everything, controlling and um, making sure that the team is not turning the ball over, which is another thing that makes this team a tough matchup. Uh, It's very hard to force them into making mistakes. Uh, Anyway, that kind of takes us through the AFC 
Do you find the AFC or the NFC to be a more interesting uh, division this season? Yeah, I don't know. Probably about the same. Um, yep. The I think the the AFC. I don't know. I yeah. Sorry, I'm just kind of going back and forth. Like I, they're they're pretty yep. similar. I think they're pretty similar. They're yeah. T- to me, I think the difference is there's a little bit more uh, of an interesting group of teams. I think in the AFC is we still we know the Ravens are really good. How good can they be? How bad or how good is this Patriots team? We don't know. The Chiefs have lost more games than we might have expected. We've seen Mahomes' numbers kind of fall um, down in comparison to what he did last year. But, you know, can this team get back to it? Whereas I look at the NFC, you know, high level, you have the Packers at 10-3. and New Orleans at 10 and three came off that great game over the weekend, San Francisco 11 and two Seattle lost in the Rams last night, pretty solid teams there. Um, but I don't know if I'm just as like intrigued by any of those teams, but let's work through it. Let's start at the NFC East with your Cowboys who at six and seven are strongly in the playoff hunt. The Eagles are playing right now. They sit at five and seven. If we look at the odds, um, this is really interesting, Matt, the Eagles, Negative 105, the Cowboys negative 115. Not much of a discrepancy there. Who wins this division? What do you make of those odds? Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, as we're recording this, uh, Monday Night Football is happening. The Eagles are down by seven right now uh, in the second quarter. Uh, But it looks like they uh, have the ball and have a chance to score. But yeah, assuming that the Eagles win on Monday night, um, yeah, this game is just going to come down to uh, the the final game of the season between the Eagles uh, and the Cowboys, or I, I I phrased that poorly. The Week 16 game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. That is what it's likely to come down to. Uh, that game is um, it's in Philadelphia. I honestly have no idea. Like I, <laughs> so on the one hand, the Cowboys have a a point differential of plus 67. Um, the Eagles have a point differential of minus 10. Like you would just assume that the Cowboys are the better team and they, they actually might be the better team, but they don't have as good of a coach. And that probably makes the difference. Like it's just impossible to, to trust Jason Garrett in anything right now. Um, But the Eagles are doing their darndest to keep the Cowboys in the playoff race. So uh, I don't know. Like I, if I had to bet on this, I would bet on the Eagles just because I, I cannot trust the Cowboys. But I don't know. The Cowboys, like based on the numbers, they they look like the better team. But, you know, they have always looked like the better team in a lot of situations and managed to lose. Yeah, you know, the interesting piece of that, too, is um, we have seen, and this goes back to what you said with the coaching, we've seen the Eagles do some creative things, take some risks, take some chances. Can't say I have seen the Cowboys take many chances. And I no. actually wonder, what's your perspective on this? Do you think that the odds of the Cowboys beating the Eagles in the head-to-head matchup are increased if Jason Garrett just like goes missing and cannot make his way to the stadium and the rest of the coaches have to pick up the pieces? <laughs> no. Uh, sadly. No. Okay. Uh, sadly, I, I don't, I don't think any team would be well served if the guy who is supposed to be overseeing stuff during the game, uh, is missing, <laughs> you know, uh, yep. I just, I kind of don't see that working out, but by the way, that was in no way me advocating for some Cowboys fans out there to make sure that that happens yeah. just, uh, so as long as we're clear on yeah. that, you um, know, what's I think kind of terrifying is I bet the Cowboys will be favored um on the road against the eagles in week 16 and really you think even if the eagles pull out this this win on monday night and they they go into that with matching records or even at this point the the uh, eagles could have a stronger record let's assume that both teams win although that's uh that's probably not a safe assumption to make but let's assume that both teams win uh and they have even even records I think the Cowboys would be favored. The Cowboys somehow opened as favorites against the Rams this week. Like the Rams <laughs> are significantly better. They have a better record. Um, you know, they've won two games in a row. The Cowboys have lost three games in a row. Uh, they just beat a really strong opponent in the Seahawks. I like, I don't, I don't get how the Cowboys are favorites in that game. And I, I think the line will probably move 
to favor the Rams, but um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the Cowboys opened as favorites. I just I don't see how that's possible. I think that will continue. Just people bet on the Cowboys for some reason. Right. Well, I think some of that, too, is that we see perceptions largely getting shaped in the beginning of a season. You know, the Cowboys started off looking like they had made strides forward, whereas the Rams, it's kind of started off not meeting what people might have had as expectations. And sometimes I think there's a lag in making that correction, which perhaps factors into the way that that line gets set. Um, Moving on, though, from the uh, NFC East, um, I, I suppose, though, before we completely do it, neither of those teams has any chance of advancing past the first round of the playoffs. Am I, am I right? I don't know, man. I mean, they're going to be playing um, probably the Seahawks, you know, like yep. Seahawks or the Vikings. Um, but I'm I'm imagining the Seahawks. I mean, either way. Yeah, like they could they would be at home. You know, like all you have to do is win a home game against the Vikings or the Seahawks like that. That is feasible. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to say, but it it could happen. Either one of those teams could uh, win in the first round and then just get throttled in the second round. Yeah, for sure. Um, so talking about the Vikings in the NFC North, we have Green Bay at 10 and three. The Vikings at nine and four, who actually have the strongest uh, point differential in the division at plus 90, Green Bay at plus 39. Chicago is in third place at seven and six. Before we talk about the odds, do you think that the Packers are significantly better than the Vikings? Uh, the record, you know, there's just that disparity of one win. Where do you sit on these teams? I don't think that the Packers are all that much better than the Vikings. Um, Me either. I. I think the Vikings are actually better overall. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I actually believe that, but like that feels correct to me. Like I feel the Vikings are actually the better team. Um, yeah. Like I'm trying to think of, I mean, the Cowboys, they've just, they have this special, um, affinity for losing to the Packers. But so like, I would be maybe more scared of the Packers than the Vikings if they were playing the Cowboys. But I, I just, I still think the Vikings are the better team. Well, currently uh, the Packers sit at negative 350, the Vikings at 250, clearly making the Vikings the more attractive option to betters. You have the Bears way back uh, at uh, plus 5,000, which I guess means they mathematically have a chance of winning the division. <laughs> clearly not going to happen. Um, Detroit sits at three and nine with one tie. Did this division play out like you would have expected? Do you, do you find these results surprising in any way? Uh, no. And one second, I should say like, I'm looking at the numbers now. Um, I like, I don't think, I mean, maybe the bears have some sort of mathematical way of making it, but I, I really don't think so. Like I would, I would recommend not laying the uh or not betting <laughs> on the the 50 to 1 odds that they win because i'm yep. sure their odds are worse than that but yeah um i don't I, I don't know i mean i think people expected the packers and the vikings to to be fighting for it at the end and that's what we see here um i mean for the vikings to win the packers have to lose probably to the bears because i don't see them losing to the lines in week 17 uh, and then they have to lose to the Vikings in week 16. So, you know, you have to assume that the that the Packers lose two games and that the Vikings win out. Um, you know, and the, they will have to do that against the Chargers. That's not uh, a super easy game. The Chargers are really right. inconsistent. Um, they have to beat the Packers, and then they have to beat the Bears in week 17. Um, and the Bears aren't you know, like a totally easy team to beat, uh, as the Cowboys just found out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's great value on the Packers at minus one at minus three fifty. Um, but I, I don't know, I guess I would probably stay away from this one, but if I had to bet on one of them, uh, I would still probably bet on the Packers. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think the Vikings are the better team. Fair enough. And a reminder that the bets that you make 
are equally as important as the place where you make those bets. I trust my bookie. They have some of the best player perks in the business. You can bet on just so many different things. They have lines that are moving during the game or action that you can get into on during the game. I should say you can trust that you're going to get your payouts. It's time for you to get off of the sidelines. You have questions, don't sweat it. They have patient customer service that will walk you through the entire process. Make sure that you go to mybookie.ag. Get your deposit in. Take advantage of the fun that you can have before the season ends. Uh, And again, it's just a service that you can trust. The bets that you make are just as important as where you are playing. Still a lot of good action with the closing of the season. The NFL playoffs, we have basketball going on right now. We have NHL, just a lot of great things. The bowl games, which uh, maybe uh, at some point we might even talk a little bit about that. Maybe not this podcast, but uh, I always love talking about these big bowl games and the wagers that you can place on them. Anyway, do yourself a favor. Um, hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid continuing along in the NFC. Um, as far as the West goes, you have San Francisco at 11 and two, Seattle at 10 and three, Los Angeles at eight and five. The Seahawks are plus 140, San Francisco at minus 200, the Rams at plus 4,000. San Francisco, the favorite in terms of the actual perception that you have of these two teams, what do you think the actual uh, disparity is between the two of them? Is San Francisco that much better than Seattle? Yeah, I have a really low opinion of Seattle. <laughs> okay, I, I gather that based upon what we, some of the other things you've said. Yeah, um, I mean the to kind of, yeah, I mean their their point differential is plus twenty. Like they are barely winning games. Their ten and three record is highly fraudulent um i mean they are kind of like the inverse of the cowboys where like there i think there is something in their dna where they outperform their talent which means that they are more likely than not to win close games whereas the cowboys are likelier than not to lose close games but even even then they are still bound by their talent uh and then on top of that, like bound by their, their coaching, their coaching staff and like their, uh, their tendencies, their inclinations for play calling. Um, I think they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Russell Wilson. And they just, I don't think they use him in an efficient way. Um, you know, which limits what they can do on offense. So yeah, I mean, and, and their defense is pretty vulnerable too. So I think the Seahawks are not nearly as good as the 49ers, even though they, they have beaten them once this season. I, I think there's a pretty big divide between them. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. And like you said, all you really have to do is look at that, uh, that differential. The, the San Francisco's, the New England's, the Baltimore's, they're all well over 150, and you see a team sitting at just plus 20. Um, not that that differential tells you everything you need to know, but in this case, you can clearly ascertain that this team is in a different tier. Uh, it's possible the Rams might even be better, but I think that what you're telling us is when the Seahawks oppose a team in round one of the playoffs, that might just be a good spot to look into taking the team that they are playing against. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean... They they lost to the Cowboys last year uh, in the playoffs, and you know I mean different different teams, different circumstances, but um, yeah they are they are they are vulnerable. Um, and just kind of thinking about the the Forty ers they play the Falcons at home this week. They play the Rams at home next week. Um, they'll be favored in both of those games. Um, they are likely, I think, to uh, to win both of those games and then week 17 against the Seahawks in Seattle, you know, that like, that will be a tough game. Seattle is a tough place to win, but like that game might not even matter. Um, all that much, like by that point, depending on how things work out with the saints or with the Packers, like the 49ers could already have the number one seed wrapped up, you know? So they, they might not even 
like be playing to win that game. Yeah, that is definitely a possibility. Uh, to round things out in the South, we have New Orleans at ten and three, followed by Tampa Bay at six and seven, the Panthers at five and eight, and the Falcons at four and nine. A uh, bit of an unfortunate season for them, and then things got made worse yesterday by the injury to Calvin Ridley. Uh, disappointing for him. Hopefully, he is able to recover and is back to full health at the start of next season. The Saints they have scored three hundred forty-four points, allowed two hundred. And 96. And if we look at the odds for Super Bowl matchups, we see that the four plus 436 for the San Francisco 49ers against the Baltimore Ravens positions them as the two teams that are expected to find their way into the Super Bowl. We'd have a classic rematch scenario. Who do you like in that game? Uh, 49ers against Ravens. Oh, uh, probably the Ravens. Uh, okay, break break that down for me, if you if you will. Yeah, they. Okay, so I think that um, Lamar Jackson is good enough to um, take advantage of any opportunities he gets passing the ball. Um, like I, I don't think it it is an easy passing matchup, but I think like he can exploit the opportunities that are there, and then. Um, as a like as the running game goes i think they can they can beat the 49ers you know like we've already seen them beat the 49ers but the 49ers are most exploitable uh against the run and the ravens run more than any other team and they run better than any other team um and i think that is like just what they would relentlessly do against the 49ers and who's the better quarterback garoppolo or lamar lamar like I, I think pretty easily. No, not even a not even a pause to think about it. No, I mean I don't. How how many quarterbacks do we think are better than Lamar Jackson right now? Like maybe uh, two, maybe three. Um. Well, I think. All right, let, let's do it. Is Mahomes better? Yeah. Okay. Is Brady? No, Brady's not better. Brady's not better than Lamar Jackson right no, now. No, he's not. Not right now. That's interesting. Um, Aaron Rodgers. No. Drew Brees. No. I mean, they're, they're better uh, as Russell passers. Wilson. All of these guys are yep. better as passers. And they're all probably smarter uh, in terms of like being able to, to break down an offense because they just they have more time in the league. You know, like right, these, right. these guys are like technicians. But um, like Jackson is just like a virtuoso. And he's good enough as a passer. Um, and his his running ability, like that is the skeleton key. Well, I think he's being coached very well, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you have to respect what the Ravens have done in that coaching staff with Harbaugh there. Yeah. I think ultimately you could quibble on some of those names that we mentioned. I don't know if I actually had you say if he if you thought he was better than Wilson. Actually, I'm curious on that. Yeah, he's he's better than Wilson. Okay, so I think some of these might be debatable, but the but the takeaway here is, here is there's only a handful of players. So behind the uh, San Francisco Baltimore matchup, the odds are next at the Saints versus the Ravens. So pretty clearly, uh, Vegas expecting the Ravens to be the team that gets in in that matchup. I don't know. Does your analysis change? Or are you pretty secure in that the Ravens are the team to beat? Yeah, I think if the Ravens get through, they're the team to beat. Yep. I I think you have to surmise that at this point. Um, I do favor them over to San Francisco as well. Uh, behind those games, we have New Orleans versus New England at plus 970, which would be a really fun game. Then Seattle versus Baltimore at 970. Oh, I, I did skip over San Francisco, New England at 800. Here's here's um, a question. Like, let's yep. kind of think through this yep. a little bit. Um, like the 49ers or the, the Seahawks, the Saints, um, I guess you could say with the Seahawks, like in Russell Wilson, they have a guy who can take over a game, you know, like if there are two minutes and 30 seconds left and his offense has to go 70 yards, like you think he actually has a pretty good chance of scoring a touchdown. Like that's, that's just something you've seen him do. And he has that in his makeup. Um, but I think, you know, the saints, like, I don't know. Do I trust them to be able to move the ball against the Ravens? I don't know. Like the 49ers. I, I don't know. But like, 
I just like I think if Lamar do you remember the uh like the national championship game with Vince Young where like he scored uh, like a 20 yard or an 18 yard the, rushing touchdown 100% I've watched that game like 15 times that game was incredible yeah I mean I feel like Lamar is that kind of guy where you know if he has the ball and he's 10 yards away like he is scoring a touchdown yeah yeah I think that's fair that is that's a fair takeaway you know and I, I feel like these Super Bowls are going to come down to the final drive, you know? And so as long as yep. Lamar can get the ball close, I think he's getting the ball in. Wow. <laughs> this is, this is all uh, really interesting. And I think that this might come to a head where we, at the very least, we're going to get to see him in some tight games, I believe down the stretch I mean, of the playoffs maybe, and get and to see what he's really Maybe I'm of. totally wrong. Like maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment and I've just sort of like seen too much awesome Lamar and I've seen the Ravens win too many games in a row. Uh, and I'm just sort of like, I don't see how they lose. Like I, I know it's possible that they could lose, but I just, I, I think if they, if they make it to the Super Bowl, like they just kind of feel like this, this team of destiny, you know, like they have the defense, they have the offense, they have the coaching staff. They've been there before, uh, with, with Harbaugh. Um, I don't know. I just, I have like a really high opinion of Lamar Jackson. I know he's not like a traditional quarterback, but, um, I don't know. I think that actually works to his advantage sometimes. Some ter- some terrific analysis, uh, Rotoviz specific analysis here. Team of destiny. Yeah, that's, that, what that we're, very, that's what we're going that is with. Very Rotoviz. Yeah. <laughs> so Rotoviz. All right. Hey, let's talk about the the more fun side of the betting world and look at some existing Super Bowl halftime show odds. These, my friends, are very ex- exploitable. Uh, I suppose, though, I probably should actually have this down. I do not pay attention to many of these things. Who are the performers at the halftime show? I have no idea. I have, <laughs> so let's I have look it absolutely up. no idea. But what I did see was that there's a prop for whether uh, there will be a wardrobe malfunction. And yep. it was minus a thousand. Just, you know, like, uh, I think that's free money. Um, yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Okay, so it's Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. And I'm going to read through some of the, the the props here. Will Enrique Iglesias make an appearance on stage? Yes or no? I think that you should just go no. Why is he going to show up? Why would he not show up? Why would he not show up? <laughs> I, I think that our default assumption should be the person isn't going to. Will Pitbull make an appearance? Will Gloria Estefan? Will Alex Rodriguez? Will Jennifer Lowe? Okay, mean, no. So, so, I say no. No way on A-Rod. Yeah. What so, are the odds Here's there? the thing, Matt. The, the odds for no, negative 3,000, uh, yes, positive 2,000. Yeah, I mean, that's still... The other ones are pretty small. So, like, will Pitbull make an appearance on stage? Minus 150 on yes, plus 110 on no. I would uh, be very interested in just, like, parlaying all of these on no. I doubt that they're going to let you parlay... Uh... <laughs> One uh, and two. These tend to be for uh for pretty low stakes. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, I would say that's a lot of juice to lay on the no for a rod showing up. But uh, I still might do it because I just yep. don't. I don't see that happening at all. And again, so, the minus one thousand for wardrobe malfunction. I that's just. Like there, this the odds imply that there's like a um like a ten percent chance of it happening, and I think in reality it's there's more like a one percent chance of that happening. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. Another prop: Will Jennifer Lopez do the Shakira hip shake? Uh, Actually, I think I don't know what to make of that one. What are the odds? Uh, yes is minus one sixty. No is plus one thirty. Yeah, I mean, I would say I just feel like that's something that's gonna happen. Like. Yep. You know, they're just, they're dancing. The one thing I would say is like, that feels like that could be more open to interpretation. You know what I mean? How is that open to interpretation? I mean, I think I, I'd imagine that's a pretty concrete type of thing. Yeah. I just, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, if A-Rod shows up or doesn't show up, like that feels much more concrete. Okay. But like, we're talking about like bodily movements, 
like someone dancing or and there's like so much like movement on the stage in the Super Bowl anyway yep. that like you know there's there there could just be room to interpretation. It's like oh was, was that the spe- specific Shakira shake or was that like some other type of dance? You know what I mean? Okay. Like I just I I, I wouldn't want to you know like be in this gray area. Yep. So here here's an interesting one. Will Jennifer Lopez and Shakira sing in Spanish? I think this is interesting yes. because we have the and, so they would both have to. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I don't even know what the odds are, but I would say yes. What are the odds? Yeah, I think I was, I would go with yes as well. So it, it's, it's minus five or minus 500 on yes, uh, plus 300 on no. Yeah, I, I like that number. And this, the Super Bowl is in Miami, right? Um, you know what, Matt? Uh, yes, it is. It is at the Hard Rock Stadium. Miami Gardens halftime show Jennifer Lopez Shakira. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say the the odds are quite high that that happens. They are very high. Yeah. All right, before we close out, I am going to make up a couple of things here because we do not know who the team's playing in this, so there, there's only so many things we can look at specific to the Super Bowl. But let's say the Ravens are in it. I tell you that um the over under on Lamar Jackson rushing yards is let's just say it's even. You know, in even sure, even one way or another. Yeah, even one way or another. I said it at eighty. Are you taking Lamar Jackson on the over for rushing yards? Uh, no, no, eighty is a high number. It it should be closer to like seventy. Okay. Um. Let's say that the Chiefs are representing the AFC. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the touchdown mark is at two and a half. Where are you going? Mm. Uh, I would probably stay away because I. I mean, I. Two and a half is aggressive, but who who are they playing in this scenario? I'll just throw out. Uh, let's say they're playing New Orleans. Yeah, <laughs> I would be really tempted to take the over, even though I I don't think that's the right play. <laughs> All right. Um, how about this one? Um, San Francisco is in the game. I mean, this is really dependent on the team, sure. probably. But over under points allowed at. I'll set it at twenty one. Uh, like opponent points allowed for the 49ers or how many, how many points are the, I may have, how many points do the 49ers allow the other team to score? Yep. Uh, I would go over 21. Yeah, I think I would too. Um, if it's it's the the Saints and it's at 28, where are you going? It's the Super Bowl. Like the other, both teams empty their guns, you know, like they, they shoot all of their bullets. They do all of their trick plays. Um, you know, they, they go for two, you know, like they, they just, they, mm-hmm. they do the more aggressive things that they do only when it's do or die. Right. Um, I brought this up yesterday in the, in the Patriots game when the Patriots were kind of doing some basically trick plays. It reminded me a lot of, I think it was the sugar bowl a long time ago at this point, which is kind of nuts to think about it, but Oklahoma Boise state where Boise state basically was like, we cannot beat this Oklahoma team. We're going to do every trick play that we can. And they ended up winning on that statue of Liberty with, um, what was that guy? What was the running back's name? Was it like Ian something? Ian, was it Ian Johnson? Yeah. Or Ian Thomas or something like that. And the quarterback was Kellen Moore, right? Yeah, I think so. And then, uh, didn't the running back like propose to his girlfriend right there afterwards? Yeah, she was a cheerleader, yeah. and he did. Yeah, that made quite a story. Classic. What a legend. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Definitely a legend. Um, I think that will do it for us, but um, I'm going to make you predict one more thing for us right now, Matt. Okay. Um, I think it's a pretty obvious answer. NFL MVP. I mean, it's it's got to be Lamar. Even when he plays these games where he doesn't look all that great, he still ends up looking like the MVP, you know. And and Russell Wilson the past two weeks has just shot himself in the foot. Like I I yeah, think it's, it's, it's gonna Lamar, be Lamar and it's not even close. Yeah, I I agree with you. So how long ago was it now where you started making the the uh, the case for Lamar? It's been it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, at least a month. But I mean, yeah. Let's just say, like, I'm mad at myself for not, uh, and anyone could say this now, but for not having uh, MVP props on Lamar in the preseason. But, uh, yeah, yep. I mean, it's, I, I, I invested uh, fairly early on. So if, if, he, if he hits, uh, I will be happy. So we had the seminal Matt Friedman piece last year with the Antonio Brown decline 
This year, it's the Lamar Jackson MVP piece. So we'll know somewhere in that October to November time frame next year to start to pay <laughs> start attention to, pay to what attention. you're saying. Yeah, I'll, I'll try yeah. to think now about what my takes are going to be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll be looking forward it to that. It might be Mike gonna... Evans is about to fall off a cliff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we didn't even really have time to talk about the Mike Evans um, injury. Have you mentally recovered? Uh, I'm fine. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And on that note, that's going to do it for today's show. Again, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dave Cabin FF and at Matt F the Oracle. And until next time, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.